Well, friends, this is an Easter Sunday like none other, except maybe the very first one. Have you ever wondered what it would have been like to have been there on that first Easter morning? You know, we do that with our faith a lot, and it's important. We, we imagine what it would have been like to have been there. We imagine what it would have been like to, to kneel with the shepherds in a humble stable or cave when Jesus was born. Here at Village Church Rollsville, we celebrate our Christmas worship in a barn. Or we wonder, we imagine what it would have been like to, to have been there with Jesus as he washed the feet of his disciples, shared bread and wine with them in the Last Supper. And as hard but as important as it is, we, we imagine, we wonder what it would have been like to have been at the foot of the cross at Jesus' crucifixion, to weep with his mother Mary, perhaps to, to ask as the thief next to him on another cross said, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this year we had a, a Good Friday service as well. All, all of these are by choice. This year, not by choice, but by necessity, we're experiencing in a way we did not plan, in a way that, that, let's just face it, feels weird, but in a way we may never again. We're experiencing Easter, what the first Easter was really like hunker down in our homes, daring to believe that, that hope is on the horizon, experiencing the risen Christ and the peace that he brings right where we are. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to the good news of your gospel this day. We pray that it would take root in our hearts, grow us, transform us, that we might bear fruit for you. This we pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John. Hear now this amazing, amazing news. Early in the morning on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It, it wasn't with the other clothes, but was folded up on its own, in its own place. Then the other disciple, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside near the tomb crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. 
the angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going to my father and your father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them what he said to her. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. This is the word of God for us, people of God. Thanks be to God. On the very first Easter, they didn't gather together in a crowded worship space. They didn't gather flowers and and put on a cross. They didn't sing loudly, shout loudly and joyfully in the streets, Christ is risen, alleluia. No, the disciples were locked in their house. They were afraid. They were grieving a loss. It was dangerous for them to come out. They were practicing social distancing for fear of succumbing to to the same contagious violence that Jesus did. They were seen as being infected with the same strange notions as their leader who claimed to be God's son and who was just killed on a cross. And so they were quarantined, asking questions like, where where is God in this? What are we supposed to do now? How are we supposed to keep busybody Simon Peter, impetuous Simon Peter, content over there? Maybe they weren't asking that question. Maybe they were. If we leave our homes while our lives be at risk, if we leave our homes while our loved ones' lives be put at risk, is this the new normal? Is there hope? In many ways, it's like the disciples are in a tomb of sorts. Not like the one Jesus was buried in, but a dark, isolating place nonetheless. Not with a stone rolled across the entrance, but with a locked door. A place where it seems like death and fear and confusion and and chaos are at home. Hard to see the light feeling trapped, feeling defeated. If the disciples' hearts were troubled, and John's gospel says that they were, if if the disciples' hearts were troubled before the crucifixion, they must must really be troubled now. Troubled hearts behind locked doors. And here we are, on Easter Sunday, some some 2,000 years later, on a day when we desperately want, need to be gathered together physically as God's people to celebrate Jesus' resurrection, to celebrate God's victory over sin and death and evil, and yet we're not in a crowded worship space. We're in our homes. It's not safe or good for us to be physically together right now. 
Perhaps many of us are grieving. We're grieving the toll the virus is taking on us. We're grieving the absence of embodied social interaction. Maybe in the, in the back of our minds somewhere, if we're really honest, like we, we kind of feel cheated. Like we aren't to, going to get to experience Easter this year, put on our Sunday best, get to church a little earlier because it's going to be more crowded than normal. Maybe it feels like the virus has, has come to steal Easter this year. We've had to cancel planned gatherings. Most, if not all, all churches in our community are no longer meeting uh, in their buildings on Sunday mornings. Even all the annual children's Easter egg hunts have been, have been canceled. It, it hurts. It's strange. We're afraid. We're afraid because of, of job situations, economic situations. We're afraid because we or someone we, we know is at risk more at risk for the virus, or perhaps has the virus. We're afraid because we've never done this before. We're afraid because we don't know. We know how much longer. We're practicing social distancing ourselves, asking questions like, where is God in this? What are we supposed to to do now? How will we keep ourselves and our stir-crazy kids Occupied, is this the new normal? Is there hope on the horizon? How are we supposed to feel? In many ways, our current state feels tomb like, too. We're confined in, in more ways than one, and, and our hearts are troubled. <laughs> but isn't it in tombs? Isn't it in tombs? Isn't it in the midst of darkness and despair and fear and grief and chaos precisely where we find out who God really is and what God is really like? Isn't that precisely where the risen Christ, indeed resurrection, happens? John's Gospel tells us that early in the morning on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb where Jesus was buried and and sees that the stone has been rolled away. She immediately goes and reports this to to Peter and, and to John, believing that Jesus' body has been stolen from the grave. Peter and John run to the tomb, arrive there, glance inside each of them with with different reactions, and then they then they go back. Mary lingers there at the tomb, and and she's weeping before the tomb, and and she ends up meeting the risen Christ himself there who appears as a gardener. And he tells Mary to go and tell the disciples the news, and she does. Mary goes to the house where the doors are locked. She goes to the home where defeated, confused, grieving, fearful disciples of Jesus are hunkered down, isolated. She goes to the place that feels and looks an awful lot like the tomb that she just came from. I've seen the Lord, she says, breathlessly as she tells him what had happened. Things were already bad enough. But now Mary has come and introduced this ridiculous hope into the midst of their fear and grief. 
that she had seen the that she'd seen Jesus, that he had spoken to her, how could such a thing be true? Could it be true? Did her story give them hope or just confuse them more? Make them more afraid? I'm, I'm sure they desperately wanted to believe her. Could a miracle really have happened? Could life really have won over death? There's a silence from the text. There's a silence from the text. It doesn't say, and upon hearing from Mary, the disciples leapt for joy, came out of their house, and began to, to party in the street. None of that. The text just skips till later in the day when the disciples are still in the same place behind that locked door. It must have been like trying to trust a whisper that you're not sure you heard correctly. And then, what was a whisper too good to be true becomes real. Just as Jesus broke out of his tomb and broke free from the chains of of sin and death, Jesus, the risen Christ, breaks into that house with the locked door, that house full of grief and fear and confusion and questions and faint hope that house full of socially isolated disciples, the house that seemed rather tomb-like. You see, apparently, tombs can't keep Jesus and the love of God in or out. The risen Christ will be where his people are. Let me say that again. The risen Christ will be where his people are. Whether that's hospital beds or homes, emergency rooms or bedrooms. Despite the locked doors, despite fear and grief, Jesus appears in their midst and says, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. That was, that's a common greeting from Jesus in John's gospel. Earlier in his farewell discourse, Jesus had said this to his disciples, said the same thing along with telling them not to fear. And now he's, he's saying it again, and this time it's, it's the risen Christ. And of course, when God says something, it happens. Let there be light, and there was light. Let there be peace with you. Peace be with you. Jesus speaks and brings peace into being in the middle of that space. And this is not just Jesus saying Be calm. This is not just Jesus saying, be confident. This is Jesus speaking and bringing shalom. Shalom shalom is not just the absence of of conflict and confusion and chaos, but the presence of something better in its place. The Old Testament, it's restoring or or making things whole with God's presence and, and with purpose. And it was the Old Testament hope that an expectation that God's Messiah would bring this shalom which of course Jesus did. He, he restored the wholeness, the broken relationship between creature and creator. Peace be with you. From the lips of the risen Christ is the compliment to it is finished from the lips of the crucified Christ. It is finished. Peace be with you. Because I am with you. Jesus is not in his tomb. He's come into whatever tomb we find ourselves in to flood it, overwhelm it with his life, with his love, with his peace. In other words, fear and sin and darkness 
And whatever tomb you find yourselves in, whatever tomb we find ourselves in are doomed. Jesus is saying, peace be with you because I am with you. I am with you in all of my resurrected, victorious glory. Friends, hear that today. Sin and death were no bar to the risen Christ. Fear and grief were no bar to the risen Christ. COVID-19, physical isolation, quarantine, economic crisis are no bar to the risen Christ. How Jesus, the, the risen Christ, appears in our midst too. No, we're, we're not in our, our church space today celebrating But Jesus isn't showing up there without us. Jesus appears in the midst of our locked doors, our social isolation, our fear, our grief, our faint hopes, our tomb-like existence to announce and to bring the very peace of his resurrected presence. Not the absence of conflict or turmoil, not calmness or confidence, the presence of the living Christ right now, the possibility of hope on the horizon right now, new life right now, purpose right now. Easter cannot be stolen. The only thing robbed was the grave. COVID-19 in our, in our current state could no more cancel Easter, could no more stop the life and love of God, any more than putting my finger in front of the sun could keep it from shining. Easter cannot be contained in the four walls of our church buildings any more than Jesus could be contained in the tomb. Jesus' resurrection meant for those earliest disciples socially isolated then what it does to us now living in the midst of COVID-19. Even the darkest night will pass and the sun will rise. Even the darkest night will pass and the sun will rise through it all. The risen Christ will be with us, is with us. And that hope, friends, may that hope and may that presence sustain us. This Easter is weird. This season is weird. And Jesus, the risen Christ, is with us. The risen Christ will meet us in our homes with the peace of his presence. We scramble to keep our kids entertained without losing our minds and the risen Christ shows up and says, peace be with you. We worship online and it just doesn't feel the same and the risen Christ shows up and says, peace be with you. We try to work from home or maybe we can't work it at all or we've been laid off or we've been furloughed and it makes us feel strange and the risen Christ shows up and says, peace be with you. We wear masks, going to the store, stand behind plexiglass as we wait six feet apart from the person in front of us, wondering when this will end, and the risen Christ shows up and says, peace be with you. We wonder when the next time that we'll be able to see our parents, our kids, our grandkids in person, and the risen Christ appears and says, peace be with you. We wonder if the curve is flattening or not, if by some miracle this virus will subside sooner rather than later in the risen Christ. says, peace be with you. We worry about our friends with, with cancer, diabetes, asthma, uh, some other compromised immune systems in, in, in the risen Christ. says, peace be with you. 
We fear our present or looming economic situation. Lament those who are already suffering, those who are dying. And the risen Christ says, peace be with you. The presence of the living Christ right now. Because nothing can keep the risen Christ in or out of tombs. I'll leave you with an image from a United Methodist pastor in uh, United Methodist Church here in North Carolina um, named Charlie Baber, who does a comic strip called The Wesley Brothers, and I found it particularly powerful this week for me. It's a picture of a church building, and above the building it says, He's not here, He is risen. We may lament our empty church buildings this Easter. But just like Jesus wasn't in the empty tomb, but appeared risen and alive to his disciples behind locked doors of their homes, so too Jesus comes to us now with his hope and peace. Friends, may we dare to believe because Jesus is risen that the long night will soon be over. And morning will break. May we dare to believe that God's love, yes, is this real and that powerful. May we see hope on the horizon. May we follow our risen Savior and likewise be present as his church outside the walls of our buildings. And then one day, one day when it's safe and when it's compassionate to do so, We'll leave our homes and we'll gather together in person just like the disciples. We'll celebrate like people who have been brought from death to life. And we'll shout and sing the praises of the one who brings life out of death. Easter 2.0. But until then, until that day, the risen Christ, Easter, is still here. And we can still dare to trust in the good news that Jesus is alive, bringing peace and making sure that God's love always, always has the final word, even in a world that looks like it does now. Sure, this is, this is an Easter like none other. Thank goodness we know a Savior, a love, a hope, a peace like none other. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.